Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the volume Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, and it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. And FanDuel Sportsbook is now live in Ontario, Canada. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Jason T so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania or Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline is 1-800-889-9789. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. I'm Jason Timp. Happy Thursday, everybody. I hope all of you are having a great week. This is going to be a Golden State Warriors-themed pod. There are three Golden State Warriors topics that I'd like to get into, two of which have to do with my teammate here at The Volume, Draymond Green's podcast. He had Steph Curry on today. You have to check that out if you haven't done so yet. They go for about an hour and a half. They get into a ton of basketball stuff. They get into some stuff off the floor as well. 
If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. It's on the Volumes YouTube page as well as on Draymond Green's podcast feed. They had a debate in their interview about whether or not the 2016 Warriors were actually the best team ever, even though they didn't win the championship, which I want to get into that a little bit. Then Draymond in an earlier podcast had an interesting point about media criticism and holding the media accountable. And he actually brought that up again with Steph Curry in that interview. I wanted to get into that a little bit. And then at the end, for those of you who stick around, I'm going to do a preview of the first round series uh, uh, between the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. Not a lot to go on from this season because of injuries, but we have a general idea of what the series is going to look like. I want to get into the weeds on that a little bit. But let's start with this bit between Steph and Draymond about the 2016 Warriors. First of all, let me show you what Draymond said. That essentially puts you in a place of undoubtedly the best team ever. Um, if, if we were to complete it. Now, cool to be in a conversation. To be quite frank with you, I still think we had best team ever. Although we didn't finish it and win a championship, I still think that was the best team ever. So first of all, I understand the sentiment for both of them surrounding that team. In a lot of ways, that was the most organic version of the Warriors. And it was an extremely popular team around the league for a lot of ways. They played a brand of basketball that just was so likable that everyone seemed to kind of get behind that bandwagon for good reason. I'm a big believer in supporting good basketball. I think it's good for the health of the league. And I understand why they would think they were the best team ever. That's how dominant they were in that regular season. However, there is a little bit of a, a context there that I've brought up on many occasions over the years on my podcast having to do with why I think that team was so particularly dominant. So to be clear... Before we even get into this conversation, that team was amazing. They were better than the team the year before that won the championship. So they are a bona fide championship level team. I'm not trying to undercut that by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't consider them to be in the running for the best team ever. And there are some very specific reasons why I don't want to get into that. So, so much of it had to do with catching the league off guard. So... What Steph Curry brought to the table as a shooter that was not just a threat further away from the rim, but straight up deadly, basically inside of half court, not just in when he's wide open, but with a quick release and a willingness to shoot. This was the key difference. Steph Curry would attempt shots that defenses wouldn't even dream that Steph or any guard around the league would attempt. And so during that regular season, and remember, Steph was really good the year before. He was the MVP, but he only averaged 23 points per game the year before. There was a difference in, in his level of aggression offensively between that season and his unanimous MVP season. But defenses around the league were incredibly ill-equipped to handle what Steph Curry did on a night in and night out basis. That was always because of how unique his approach to the game was, it was always going to be a team that would struggle more in a postseason series when teams had enough time and enough reps to really try to find some way 
to counter what Steph was doing because of how unique it was. There was there weren't baked in pick and roll coverages or baked in you know defensive schemes to stop a guy like Steph because no one like Steph existed. Like look at the peak of the 2016 unanimous MVP run was Steph dribbling across half court in a pivotal possession, literally the game winning possession against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and nobody picked him up. He walked into, it was a long shot. It was like a 38-footer or whatever it was. It was a very long shot, but no one picked him up. That's not how Steph gets guarded anymore. Ever since then, in 2017 forward, the way Steph has been guarded is completely different. Now, the credit to Steph, and this is why I think Steph's better now, or maybe before this recent slump, but like last year, Steph, 2021 Steph, the reason why I said that guy was better than 2016 Steph is because defenses now know how to make things harder on Steph Curry. They pick him up the second he crosses half court all game long. They err on the side of sending two guys to him all the time. They rough him up off the ball. That was something you didn't really see until Oklahoma City and Cleveland did it in the 2016 playoff run. So many things about the way defenses guard Steph Curry now is so different and so much more catered to him, and he still was amazing last year. That's why I think he was better. He's elevated as a player so much that as the league has adapted to how to guard him, he stayed one step ahead of them the whole way. That's a credit to Steph. That's why I've always been such a big fan of his. But getting back to 2016, he was catching everybody off guard. They had no idea how to guard him. It's like in the 2013 playoffs when he was playing against the Spurs and they were going underneath ball screens against him with no big at the top and he was just literally walking into three-point shots against them. There's just a huge difference in the way teams guard Steph now compared to the way they do compared to the way they did back then. So that 73-win team, I think in terms of talent, wasn't quite as good as what their record demonstrated. Still probably a 60-something win team. Still very much a championship caliber team. Hell, they literally won the championship the year before. Not undercutting that at all. I'm just saying that their talent wasn't quite as good as what their record showed. And I think you saw that in the postseason. That's why they struggled so much with Oklahoma City. And that's why they lost to Cleveland. In the regular season, you would have thought both of those teams were significantly below where the Warriors were. Then they get into a playoff setting and they're kind of like all the same. All three of those teams are right around the same level when they got into the postseason. So I lean towards the 2017 Warriors as obviously far and away the best team that I've ever seen because it was like the 2016 Warriors with everything that they brought to the table and that gigantic wing score, obviously one of the best scores, in my opinion, the best scorer of all time. That was what pushed them talent-wise into that conversation with the best teams in the league. Then you get 67 wins. Then you get uh, uh, just an unbelievably dominant playoff run. They didn't even lose a playoff game until they were up 3-0 in the finals. That, to me, is a much more traditional best team of all time type of candidate. It's it's not just regular season dominance, it's playoff dominance. And the reason why the 2016 Warriors weren't dominant was because they were catching the league off guard in a lot of ways, and the league just wasn't prepared to handle them until they could see them in a seven-game series. So again, I, I understand their sentiment. I just disagree. I didn't see the 2016 Warriors as really one of those types of truly dominant teams in NBA history. One other thing with Draymond Green that I wanted to talk about. So again, so before we even get into this, let me just show you what Draymond said. So this is a clip from Draymond Green on his podcast talking about holding the media accountable 
for the predictions that they make. Take a listen. I mean, there were people that said the Los Angeles Lakers was going to win a championship. If this is what you do, you say you're great and you're an expert analyst, and you picked the Los Angeles Lakers to win a championship, you kind of got to be fired. And, and somebody got to start holding people accountable. Like, you're so far off from being right. And you got to think about it. There's 10 teams that's currently still alive in each conference, 20 teams total. There's 30 teams in the NBA. You picked that they'd be the number one team. They're not even 21 or 20. You're, like, you're so far off in any other job. If you're that far off, could you imagine being an analyst for a venture firm or an analyst like on, on, in, on Wall Street or something, and you're that far off? Like, you lose your job. Like, somebody got to start, start holding people accountable for these hot takes. Okay, so I think this topic is super interesting. You know, like, I... I have never interviewed an NBA player, but I hope to very soon. I already have something lined up for this offseason, and I hope to interview several NBA players this offseason. And this specific topic is something I plan on bringing up with every one of them because I think it's such an interesting dynamic. The media is in such a weird position where your job is to criticize people, right? Like it's a weird dynamic and I'm curious to hear an NBA player's perspective. I actually 100% agree with Draymond that the media should be held accountable. I just disagree specifically with the method with which he would do so. So for starters, I 100% understand where he's coming from. You know, everybody knows who's been following my show for the last couple of years knows that I have a basketball background. I it's nowhere near as impressive as any NBA player out there, but I played in college, like a half dozen games where I scored 20 plus points. My career high was in the thirties. Like I made an all conference team. I was a good college basketball player who tried to play pro and I just wasn't good enough. And for the record, when I share those videos and I have you guys comment underneath them, like, Oh, like you should get a training camp invite or, Oh, the Lakers have an open roster spot. Like, no, let's cut that shit out. I have way too much respect for these guys that have made it. I would never in a million years ever compare myself to an NBA player unless I had an NBA jersey on and I don't. So let's just dead that right away here. I'm a decent basketball player. It's just a, it's for my own benefit. It has nothing to do with me trying to put myself in the shoes of the NBA player. But had I made it to the NBA, I would have thought exactly like Draymond. I'd be sitting there like, who the hell is this guy? In his room with stuff hanging on his wall, talking into a camera, telling me how to play the game of basketball. Like, I get that. I totally get that sentiment, and I would probably be the exact same way. But it's just the reality of the circumstance here. The NBA needs the fans, and the NBA needs the media, and the media, need, the media needs the fans, and the fans need a media. It's like a, it's a very, it's a very symbiotic relationship. You can even throw the organizations, like the owners, in there. Like if one group disappeared, the whole system would fall apart. If we didn't have players, there'd be no league. If we didn't have fans, there'd be no league. If we didn't have owners, there'd be no league. And if we didn't have the media, there would be no league. It's a very symbiotic relationship. But we have a very specific job. So, like, if I never criticized anybody. If all I did ever was come on here and say positive things, you would hate the show. No one would listen. Why? Because one, it's not authentic. I'd be lying to you. 
And two, that's just boring. It's boring to sit there and listen to propaganda all day long. It's something that frustrates me when I've been dealing with some of the segments of the LeBron fan base. I want to be like, what's the point of this, man? Like, you can't actually just wake up every day and spend every single minute just shedding positivity on 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 one specific person that you don't even know personally. It's just a weird, it's a weird dynamic. But the reality of this job is we have to criticize people when they play poorly, and we have to heap praise on people when they play well. And so from that standpoint, like it is a very weird dynamic. And I totally understand why people like Draymond want the media to be held accountable. And I totally understand why they would be pissed off to hear a guy, even a guy like me, who's a good basketball player, even a guy like me leaping, uh, heaping that criticism on them, I can totally see why that's infuriating. It's just the reality of the dynamic. It's the reality of the system. It's the reality of the way this whole thing works. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within, By targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, Promo code HOOPS, H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code HOOPS. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, Come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. Something I've always been a big believer in. When you try to take projects on yourself, you usually don't know what you're doing. You usually end up making mistakes, and it can be a big headache. And so not only can a professional from Angie get the job done more efficiently, but they also are people that you can support within your community as local businesses. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job is done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. Consider Angie your hub for all your home improvement needs. They can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that will tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. And the app is free and easy to use. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Hoops fans. Don't just watch all the NBA playoffs action. Be a part of it with FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, all new customers get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just place any bet on the NBA playoffs, and if you don't win, you'll get up to 1000 bucks back in site credit. The app is easy and safe to use. You get your winnings fast, and there's tons of betting options. My favorite bet from the first round is I think the Sixers are going to lose to the Toronto Raptors. I think it's going to get ugly for James Harden in particular. Download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app, today using promo code JASONT and place your risk-free first bet for a chance to take home a W on basketball's biggest stage. Remember to use promo code Jason T for this amazing offer. 21 plus and present in select states only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Dial 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Dial 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Dial 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. In Wyoming, dial 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. So where I disagree with Draymond, because I 100% agree with him, I want to be held accountable for my job in the same way that I'm holding those guys accountable in their job. But I just disagree with picks. Like with the Lakers, like all of us, no, nobody thought they were going to miss the playoffs. Nobody did. Not even you, Draymond. Like that's just the reality of the situation. That was a shocking outcome. Like if basketball games were easy to predict, if NBA playoff series were easy to predict, we'd all be rich from gambling on them. It's the parody and the up in the air nature of all of this that makes it so exciting. It's why we like it so much. I just, things like making picks I disagree with. Where I think you have to hold the media accountable is in the nuts and uh, the nuts and bolts of their analysis. So for instance, like I'll give you an example. Like I've been critical of, uh, of Joel Embiid handling double teams. I did a whole thing about that today with the Raptors. I have watched a ton of Sixers games this year because I cover the whole league and that's my job. But there are Sixers fans that have watched every single game this year and some of them twice. And so from that standpoint, like if you guys are watching that and, and I'm wrong about Joel Embiid handling double teams, if I'm flat out wrong, you need to tell me. That's why I keep my DMs open on Twitter. If I'm doing something wrong, if I'm wrong in my analysis, I hope I get called out for it. It's something I've been used to, especially surrounding the game of basketball. Like any of you guys who've played basketball in college, you're used to getting called dirty words. (laughs) You know, when you're not playing well, you're used to getting yelled at. You're used to getting criticized for making mistakes. Like I'm used to that sort of thing. I hope 
that over time we develop a healthy balance to where players can be critical of NBA media members. I just don't, I just disagree with Draymond in the sense that I, I wouldn't say like, oh, I picked the Sixers to ups, to lose to the Raptors. And if I'm wrong about that, that that means I'm bad at my job. Not necessarily. Picking series and games is really, really difficult. Remember that thing for a while where Stephen A. Smith picked the NBA Finals wrong like nine years in a row or whatever it was? Like, it's just a really, really difficult thing to do. But please, by all means, like, especially NBA players, like if you're listening to my show and you happen to hear me say something about a coverage or a scheme or something where I'm just flat out wrong, then I need to be told and I need to be held accountable for that. And I hope that that happens more frequently. It's a super interesting dynamic. I hope to to ask that to certain players because I'm really curious to see what, what is it like to go to work? And then when you're done to come home and to have like the media telling you that you suck on one night or that you're really good on one night. Like it's a, it's a really, really difficult balance to strike. But at the same time, it's just the reality of the way this whole system works. And it has to work that way because that's because people like authentic and people are going to naturally gravitate towards things that they find likable. It's why I like Draymond so much. It's why so many people like Draymond so much. He's authentic. He's going to get up in front of the camera and he's going to shoot it straight to you. And that's a super likable quality. And I kind of feel like I have to do the same thing in my job. But I'm really glad Draymond's been shining a light on that because I think it's such an interesting and important topic. I just don't I just don't think we should start holding people accountable for picks cuz then we're all in trouble if that makes sense. So let's move on to this Nuggets Warriors series. I think it's going to be a super interesting one. Even though we don't know much because the Warriors have been utterly decimated by injuries this year, let's get into it a little bit with the basketball. Okay, so first of all, most of the data from this season is useless for this particular matchup. Yes, the Nuggets went 3 and 1 in this matchup this season, but Steph Curry and Draymond Green logged zero minutes together in those four games. So one of them was missing from every single game. Those are two, like in terms of basketball teams, those two players are arguably the most irreplaceable players in the league for their specific roles on that specific team. So that kind of skews all of that data, right? So we have to kind of try to piece together what we know about the Warriors and when they're full strength with what we saw from those individual matchups. In those individual matchups, we saw Jokic struggle a little bit with the Warriors' length and athleticism. We saw Kevon Looney do a pretty nice job defending him in isolation. Those are two good signs for the Warriors. But other than that, not a whole lot we can take from it, right? So we've got to kind of try to piece this together based on what we know. First of all, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, they've barely played together at all since 2019. So from that standpoint, you're counting on them falling back into rhythm that they've built over the decade, right? You're hopeful that even though they haven't played together much, that they'll be able to quickly recapture that because of how many reps they've had in the past. Obviously, a lot's going to be on Jordan Poole in creation. One of the most interesting dynamics of this series is the fact that Nikola Jokic has turned himself into a decent defensive player as a drop coverage big, strictly. Outside of that specific scenario, not great, okay? So... In that scenario, that the Warriors in particular with Jordan Poole and Steph Curry are going to pull Jokic out of drops. He's either going to have to be way up at the level of the screen all, all series long in those with those two particular guys in ball screen actions, or they're going to have to do a lot of switching. And either way, Jokic is going to have to cover a ton of ground on the perimeter, which is just not a strength of his. So in that specific situation, I think you're going to have a lot of free rolls to the rim with not a lot of size and athleticism on the back line because Jokic 
Jokic is going to be out on the perimeter. So let's move on to Denver on offense, because I think this is going to be a really interesting part of this series. First of all, we know that they're going to send a ton of help to Nikola Jokic. In their individual matchups this year, it primarily was Looney on the ball. And what they did, Jokic does a lot of spin moves in the post. It's how he protects the basketball from people reaching. What they did is they tried to, as he was spinning, was when they would send the double. And it actually caused Jokic a lot of problems. So we know how they're going to handle Jokic in his post-up situations. Doubling while he's in the middle of moves and rotating on the back end, which they do a great job of because they have so many athletic wings. So the other, there's two other aspects I wanted to look at with the Nuggets offense. First of all, a huge part of the Nuggets offense is transition. Jokic is such a good passer off of the rebound. He can get the rebound, immediately go into a dribble or two, and make any pass up the floor, whether it's a full court bounce pass, a lob over the top, anything hitting a guy running the floor in transition, that's a huge part of Denver's offense. So a lot a lot of pressure is going to be on Golden State to get back, but they have the requisite athleticism and speed to do so. I think they'll be fine. So the last thing we got to look at is the dribble handoff stuff. A huge part of Jokic's game within this offense when he's not posting up is catching the ball at the elbow and guards coming off of him in dribble handoff situations. It's really, really difficult because all of those guards can shoot, so you have to chase them over the top. So almost always, they have an advantage getting into the lane. Or if they do go under the dribble handoff, they're getting wide-open jump shots all game long. So once again, it's going to be a lot of pressure on the Golden State guards and wings to cover a lot of ground. But this is a very, very deep team. You guys heard, if, if you haven't gotten to it yet again, got to check out that Steph Curry, Draymond Green interview. As they've talked about, they are a deep team. A lot of playoff teams around the league right now, kind of have their seven or eight guys that they know for the rotation. As Steph and, and Draymond were talking about today, they are deep. They've got four or five guys that'll be in and out of the rotation on any given night. The idea there is they have so much speed and athleticism in depth to go to that they should be able to cover all the ground they need to to make up for the, the, the way that those actions work. Again, these are actions that are not being run by superstar players. You're not dealing with, you know, Kevin Durant coming off of a dribble handoff. You're not dealing with, you know, Damian Lillard coming off a dri dribble handoff. These are pretty average guards and wings that are coming off these dribble handoffs. So it's the action that compromises you. You can make up for that with a commitment on the defensive end to help and rotate and recover around with each other. That's something I think the Warriors are absolutely going to be capable of doing. I think the Warriors are going to win this series in five games. I do think Jokic will get one at home. He causes enough problems with his size, and the, and the Warriors in particular are not a big front court team. That's, that's been their biggest weakness. That's why they're so paranoid about James Wiseman and the fact that he hasn't been able to play at all this year. They need interior size. That's, their, that's Denver's big advantage. I think they'll be able to weaponize that to get one win, but I think this is going to be a relatively easy series for Golden State, which is the perfect situation for them to get reps and to get their continuity back. All right, guys, that is all I have for tonight. I appreciate you guys as always. We are off tomorrow, but we will be back on Saturday for day one of the NBA playoffs, and I can't wait. I'll see you guys in a couple of days. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts